This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, surprise, surprise, Charlie has really changed since last week. Uh, oh, that's because it's not Charlie across the desk from me. Uh, me happens to be Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. And across the table is Dennis Flanagan sitting in for Charlie today. Dennis, of course, from Landscape Ontario. Good morning, Dennis. Morning, Frank. What a gorgeous-looking morning, really. Isn't it? Isn't it lovely? Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, on the drive-in, I was uh, heading on the road about 6.30 this morning, and I had to turn my car seat on because oh, no. for the heat. <laughs> Holy moly, it was cold. Something around 5, 6 degrees, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and something tells me that might be a, a, a little trend in the calls that we get today. Uh, Maybe as, so. Uh, yeah, as, as regards the change in temperature. Maybe let's talk a little bit about what this winter might be like. Yeah, often people, you know, refer to the farmer's almanac or some of those, yep. um, you know, old old tale. The interesting thing, Frank, is, you know, people are saying, "Wow, my uh, spruce tree is is laden with cones," or, or "My mountain ash is is you know dripping with, with beautiful red berries." Does that mean we're going to have a, a tough winter? And that's a, a little confusing because what happened was, if we, if we go back a year ago, it was a very tough, dry uh, seasons mm-hmm. last, last year, not this year, <laughs> all the rain. And so actually what we're seeing on the trees this year is actually a reaction, a stress reaction to what happened last year. Um, so... I think it's anyone's guess, to be honest with you, <laughs> what's going to happen in the winter. But right. uh, we, we, know, um, we know one thing. It's not going to be 80 degrees and sunny in yeah, January. That's so. pretty well guaranteed. Pretty right? well guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we're going to get to our callers in just a couple of moments. But first, that's a good, good thing for me to do is to give you the phone numbers to get a hold of Dennis Flanagan. Uh, here we are on The Garden Show. And the number here in Toronto to call, 416 then anywhere else in the province, it's uh, 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Of course, that's a toll-free line. And we're going to take a little bit of a break right off the bat and come back. And we've got a number of callers all set to quiz you, Dennis. So get that old thinking cap on. <laughs> I don't want to emphasize old too much. Ooh. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're old buddies, you know. Okay, back in just a moment here. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, you're taking a day off, a much-deserved rest. She's up at a cottage uh, having a good time, I'm sure. Instead, uh, we have Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. More about that particular organization, which is just a super outfit, in just a couple of moments. Uh, Dennis, I forgot to pass along a couple of important Mm -hmm. little notes. Uh, Our little mantra for the show is call early, call often, one question per call. And, of course, if you happen to be a first-time caller... Please let Sebastian know, and uh, when you get to the air, what you're going to hear is... You'll get your garden wings, is what I'm trying to say there. Okay? And we have folks lined up already, like, uh, hey, Jack in Welland, good morning and welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Um, I got a question about mums. I just purchased three mums the other day, and I would like to put them in the ground. When would it be the the right time to put them in the ground? I'd, I'd say about uh, 10 minutes from now, Jack. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, perfect, absolutely perfect timing. Um, what happens this time of year is, although the you know temperatures, as Frank mentioned on his drive down, is the air temperature is turning, the ground temperature isn't. It stays beautifully warm right, right up until late October. So perfect time right now to be... Uh, planting things like mums and asters into the ground because that root system is going to benefit from the warm soil. That root is going to reach out and, and, and take root in, into that warm soil. So perfect timing. Um, and so if you haven't got anything else on, on the ticket today, I'd, I'd say get out there and make sure uh, lots and lots of water. Um, be, be, as I mentioned, that that. Soil temperature is warm, which actually means, you know, it's actually going to take moisture away from the plant as, as you plant it. So, um, yeah, good, good, good for you. Get get out there on a beautiful day for planting. Sounds like uh, Dennis is putting you to work right away, <laughs> huh? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, thank Jack. You, take care of things in well and for us, huh? And uh, we go now to Whitby, Ontario. There's Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Uh, excellent. Thank you. Uh, good morning, David. That's yeah, Dennis, actually. Dennis. Yes, that's okay, Dennis. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Patrick. Listen, I'd like to know about grass seed. Yes, sir. Um, we have a relatively uh, a property that's about uh, twelve years old, and uh, the grass in front is pretty well shot. I'd like to reseed it mm-hmm. or overseed it, mm-hmm. but I would like to get. What the sod growers use. Yes. And I don't know what it's called. Well, you know, that's a, that's a fabulous question, and, and sod growers, like, like any brand, are, are sometimes quite protective of, of the um, type of uh, seed that they're using. But the, the, the secret is, uh, is, is it's, it's graded. Uh, C- Canadian grass seed is graded. So you've got to make sure that you're going in and ask, and you'll pay a little bit more, but you've got to go in and ask for um, a Canada quality number one grass seed. And what that has is a mix mix of about four different grasses, which ensures that because some grass varieties kind of fade out and others take over. So you know what the mix the mixers of uh, grass seed do is blend them together to make sure they got the exact mix, so that you're going to get this this full lawn. So Canada number one quality grass seed. Um, and doesn't it doesn't really matter what brand you choose as long as you're um, you know getting the slightly more expensive ones so that 
you're getting a quality seed. It's a what a wonderful question for this time of year. September is the number one time to, to it really? put down grass seed. It's perfect. A couple of little steps you should do first is you should aerate the lawn, which is you know putting plugs, putting holes in the lawn. Uh, a little bit of top dressing uh, with with some quality uh, topsoil uh, that goes into the plugs um, and aerates the ground. Uh, and then put your put your quality number one grass seed down. Uh, make sure you're watering it in. It'll germinate in about ten days. Um, so keep keep an eye on that. So keep it moist for about ten days. And the question that always comes up is, is of course, are you feeding the birds at the same time? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you are, to be honest with you. Um, and and so make sure you're putting on the grass thick enough that. Uh, yeah, you can feed a you can feed a few birds at the, at the same time. Yeah, that helpful for that, Patrick. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Thank you very much. I kind of thought that this was round about the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, uh, because the snow cover would uh, assist in its germination. Yeah, mark. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, I mean, most of it will germinate this year. Uh, but when we get that lovely blanket of uh, of snow, it'll actually insulate uh, the the lawn, the the new uh, new seeded uh, grass for you, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, you're a smart guy. <laughs> wow! Listen, you ought to feel very pa- uh, uh, good about that, Patrick, because he does not hand out compliments all that easily. <laughs> I've golfed oh, with him, well, and I, I know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick. You are listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Charlie uh, on a little bit of a holiday, which is great. And instead, we have Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. More about that uh, organization just a little bit of time. And we have to take a bit of a break. But uh, Penetang is where Astrid lives. She's a first-time caller, so we will get to her. I'll get my bell-ringing arm in shape and return here from The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And sitting in Charlie's chair today, Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. As uh, and, uh, Let me just quickly uh, repeat those phone numbers that you'll need to get uh, through to the, the show. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. I'm assuming maybe that Astrid has called that long-distance line. She's from Penetag. And, well, let me welcome you... To the show, first-time caller. Nice to have you uh, here, Astrid. Good morning. Thank you very much. We're having a beautiful morning here in Penetang. Great. Hi, Astrid. Uh, My question is, I have three limelight hydrangea that I just planted last year, and they're blossoming like profusely. Mm -hmm. And the blossoms are so heavy, I'm afraid the branches are going to break off when the snow load hits them. Can I cut the blossoms off when they're uh, before the snowfall this, this fall? Yes, yes, you can, and that's um, a very smart thing to do. They, they yes, and and they aren't they wonderful this year. The they are. My other option was to put netting around them to bind them, um, yeah. so the air could still circulate, but so they would stay c- compact and not be broken by the snow load. Well, that's a good thought, Astrid. You should probably invent that product and, <laughs> and make yourself a millionaire. I think, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, pruning hydrangeas this time of year is a, is a great thing. Um, in fact, I, I uh, did that in my own garden yesterday, and I, I like to take them in and, and put them in a vase on the, on the kitchen table, and they make a beautiful, 
beautiful display inside the house. When I purchased the trees, the um, uh, arborist said to not prune them until the spring. That's mm-hmm. why I was a little leery of pruning them in the fall. Yeah, you could you could do a little bit of both actually. Um, you know, to to prune them. Well, I you know I prune them selfishly to to bring the flowers in the house, as, as I said. So you can do that and enjoy it. Um, so you can do some light pruning this year. Enjoy enjoy those flowers inside. And then uh, he's absolutely right. In in the spring, you can do more harsh harsh pruning on it. Okay, because um, I know with lilacs you have to prune the blossoms when they're finished. Yes, that's ex- that's exactly right. And would it, and would it damage the tree if I uh, cut all the? Because we get tremendous snow last year. We had over like over our la- light standard in the front yard, like it was taller than the oh, tree itself. Wow. Oh my goodness! And um, it does damage to the branches. I've had um, previous. Uh, PG hydrangea, where yeah. almost all the branches broke. Oh no! Broke off. Have you have you ever done that uh, little pyramid plywood trick uh, that that people do? Well, these are standard, so they're. Too oh, tall. it's a standard. It's too tall yeah. to do. Oh, in that case, if it's a PG, I would um, I would definitely prune it harshly back. This. Well, no, that's what happened before. Oh, now I bought. I purchased limelight. Lime yeah, and is the limelight a standard or a shrub? Yes. No, they're all standards. I have oh, three limelight standards. Oh, I understand. That so is the weight a bit... of it is very heavy. Yes. Uh, if it was me, I'd I'd be pruning that back pretty hard this this fall. Okay, um, that's what I will do then. Yeah, because I was that, just uh, yeah. just leery because where I purchased them, it was a tree farm, and he says wait till the spring to prune them, mm-hmm. and that's when they were real spindly. Now they're another year older, and they're just lush. Yeah, <laughs> and and if that snow comes and and destroys it, that that yeah, would be. I even that had be... to bind them last week when we had the strong windstorm. Oh, storm. did I had you to wrap um, wow. uh, strings? And, and to keep because they were, looked like they were just ready to because we had very strong north winds. Yeah. Now one one other way to do it is to use uh, bamboo canes mm-hmm. uh, and and make like a TP effect. Right. Um, and and use burlap. Okay. Um, well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of using just a, a fine mesh mm-hmm. and wrapping them like I normally used to do with my uh, mm-hmm. uh, spruce trees. Yeah, that may work, and it would be great if you tried that and and. Um, I think Frank would love you to call back in the spring and, and, let, and let us know uh, how that invention worked, actually. Okay. Well, I see we're snowbirds, so we don't get back till the end of April. Oh. Normally, I would unbind them, you know, the beginning of yep. April. Yeah. But uh, that's why I'm leery of, of wrapping them with anything like burlap, because if you leave it on too long, it'll burn. Oh. Uh, well, Frank, Frank suggested, just pass me a note here, that if you invited us down to your place in Florida during the winter... <laughs> We could. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other challenge here because I'm not there for seven months and nobody tends my garden. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they just cut the grass, but they don't tend the garden, so oh, I no. always have a lot of challenge when I get there. Astor, just a quick question before we have to let you go. Sure. Uh, being up there in Penetang, are you seeing any of the trees change color yet? Yes, our maple mm. has already char- started changing. Uh-huh. Uh, that's oh. another story, too. It has a blight. It has um, oh. like little little. Uh, red pebbles all over the leaves. Yeah. Oh boy. And um, I'm not sure how to treat that either. Well, but I know you're that, that only one question. That's right. <laughs> Good for you, Patrolman Proctor, who's ready to pull out the ticket book here. But bless your heart, Astrid. Thank you so much for calling in. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. You okay. Guys Thank you. Day. You bet. Boy, uh, really busy. Um, just uh, to give uh, the devil his due here, and I mean, <laughs> give Dennis a little plug, and, and uh, the folks at Landscape Ontario, very interesting article Sandra Day had in yesterday's Star, and it's all about uh, a, a wonderful um, uh, 
Trial Garden, yes, uh, uh, right in Milton. So maybe tell a little yeah. bit about that, Dennis. Well, that's where our office is, Landscape Ontario, um, and um, we have over two thousand member companies across the, the province. But Sonia Day, a good friend, wrote a lovely article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she came out to visit our, our trial gardens. And there's three or 400 uh, new varieties of plants on trial out there. Uh, we have a judge sitting at normal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Roger Shantz from the University of Guelph uh, sets up these gardens, and he studies them. He studies uh, what these plants do over the summer. Um, and those records, uh, those studies go back to the uh, seed companies that mm-hmm. uh, sent, sent the varieties in. Um, so Sonia phoned me yesterday and said, I'm going to write, not yesterday, she phoned me just before she wrote the article. And she said, I'm, I'm going to write the article. Can, can I tell people that they can actually come to the trial gardens? Well, sure they can. You know, if we're, if we're there and we're there Monday to Friday, but, you know, between, between 8.30 and 4.30, I'd, I'd welcome anyone to come. Okay. The, the purpose, actually, of the garden is to give people who operate garden centers yes. an idea of what they should order to sell to the public the yeah. following year. So it's it's a great resource it's a great, to go out there. It's a great resource. Can you give uh, us the address, uh, Dennis? So. Uh, yes, yeah, 7856 Fifth Line South. So it's on the north side of the 401 between Trafalgar Road and James Snow Parkway. We're a bit under construction at the moment. Okay. So, uh, be patient. Uh, be be yeah. patient. Um uh, but the gardens have never been better, and, okay. and beautiful, beautiful gardens. That's yeah. great. So just Google Landscape Ontario, and I'm yes. sure you're going to get all the information yes. you need. Okay, Connie, you've been very patient out there in Hamilton. Thank you for hanging in there. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I really feel honored to be calling in today because um, I think I've got a professional on the other end. My question is in reference to the grass. I took some notes when you were addressing it with the other caller, which was great. But now I have an issue as to how to fertilize. I didn't get the spring fertilizer done, so I need to know what, how to do it for the fall. Mm. That is such an excellent question because um, many, many people in the industry say that the fall fertilizer is, is the most important fertilization of the year. So, and do, and do you think so as well? Yes, I do, uh, okay. for many, many reasons. Um, but th- in Canada in particular, because of the harsh winter conditions, you've really got to strengthen your grass going into the winter um, because there's not much you can do. Uh, for, uh, you know, after the snow comes, we can't get at the grass, uh, which is different in the spring and, spring and summer. So, yes, so you should be applying a full-time fertilizer uh, which tends to strengthen the grass. So the, the, the last number in the spring, uh, it tends to be the first number, the nitrogen that's the highest. In the fall, it's the opposite. It's the, the two end numbers that are the hardest and, and are the highest and because they're the ones that create hardiness to, to the grass and makes them get through that, that winter. And what would that number be? Oh, it depends on on the brand, but it can be you know can be as high as fifty, sixty uh, percent on on, on the bag. Yeah, go 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 high, yeah. Um, So that's the secret. Uh, You heard the other tips, you know, about top dressing Mm -hmm. and aerating and grass seeding. Yeah, that that I'm aware of doing. But now my other question is, I have lots of weeds in the grass, so. So do I try to address those weeds now and then fertilize or just do the fertilize and look after the weeds next 
spring? Yeah, no. How would you nope. I, I would try to get as many of those weeds out as I can now. And, and the reason for that is if you leave them in, what happens early in the um, new year is those weeds, uh, weeds set seed. And then you've got a real problem because right. um, the weed seeds just go everywhere. So trying to get as much out this year so that, you, you know, if you had to write a list, a checklist, mm-hmm. uh, so take the weeds out, do the aeration, do the top dressing, do the seeding. And okay, do now, the f- would you cut these weeds out? Like I have like Creeping Charlie and Virginia Creeper. And, mm-hmm. and, and Do you cut them out or, or should I get a product and work with a product? Uh, a little bit of both. Unfortunately, of both, those yeah, ones okay. that you mentioned don't get hit by a product <laughs> too much, so it's yeah, hand. Know. You know, oh, you know the story. Yeah. It's hand, kind of hand digging. But um, a little bit of uh, work this time of the year will pay dividends in the springtime. Yeah, when okay. that when they don't when they don't come to see. Okay, then when you you're cutting them out, let's say I've got some large areas, so I'm going to have like a lot of surface area. Yep. That's going to be left like like with a soil base. So that's where I would cut out. Then I would put in perhaps the new seed, yep. like do that preparation of seed like you said. Yep. Okay, now if I do that, do I have to wait a certain period of time to put down the fall fertilizer? No. No, no. Okay. with the fall fertilizer, it, there's nothing in it that harms the seed, which in the spring fertilizer sometimes there is. Um, but the secret is, you're right, you're taking out the weed seed, you're going to have bare patches. So what yeah. the seed is going to do is fill that in really quickly. Um, and so in the spring, the lush of the lawn, the less weeds. That's, that's the secret. Okay, Connie, we have to kind of move along, and uh, we thank you for the call, and, and hopefully we're starting to kind of get into extra questions there. So <laughs> bless your heart for calling in. You are listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio AM 740 and, of course, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. I was looking out the window here on uh, Liberty Street. Just a beautiful morning. Let's welcome Wanda to the line from Scarborough. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, Frank and Dennis. Hey, Wanda. Uh, I was just wondering, I grow herbs, and I didn't know what is the best way to uh, keep them. Now, I have, um, like, the chives, both the garlic and the the ordinary. Is it best to cut them in little bits before I dry them, or...? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I would do. If you're going to freeze dry them, um, cut cut them in small pieces. Um, they're easier to store. They're easier to take out and utilize. Wonder, are, are you actually going to try to keep the plant itself inside the the house? No, I was going to ask you. I've tried with rosemary, and I don't have much luck. No, me either. <laughs> Can I take little branches and freeze them? Yeah, you you could. I mean, in theory, you can you can freeze anything. So try this. Try um, it's it's called a heel cutting. So as you as you take the little branch of rosemary off, make sure that you're getting uh, a piece of the heel that attaches to the to the stem to the main trunk. And that's what you're going to use next year to try to reroot that um, plant. So, uh, but you need that what they what they call a the heel where it actually attaches to the trunk um and that would be fun to to try and do and um if you you could if you took enough you could try rooting a couple this time of year if you wanted in a little two inch pot um with some soilless uh, mix and the others you could freeze and try in the in the springtime okay or what about drying them 
like the little. Uh, yeah, you can you you can if you, if you've got a garage uh, that's uh, sort of almost frost free, you can you can hang them up in the, in the garage and dry them that way. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's any degree of real cold or frost, it's gonna it's gonna toast them, unfortunately. And yeah. the um, the basil, the little florets or whatever that come yep. after, are they good to uh, dry and use in soups and stews as well? Some people do. Um, it's more for the decoration that side of things. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, drying is 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 a cool way of saving saving herbs, and and of course you know Frank Frank is always keen on people phoning back in, aren't you, Frank? Yes, absolutely. Let, let, got another question, Wanda. It sounds like we're 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 getting to that whole area of hmm. I'd like to ask about this too. By all means, give us a call back. Phone numbers in Toronto four one six three six zero zero seven forty, or in the case of a long distance call, it's one eight six six seven. And I'm going to be a television director just at this moment. For those of you who don't know this, if you have a computer at home and you want to catch us live in action, as it were, just go to the AM740 main page when you Google AM740, and there you'll see, in fact, uh, you catch me uh, on the uh, on the show right now on the main page. And, Dennis, I'm going to get you to move over that away a little bit. Just, just yeah, that's right. If you move over, well, terrific. Frank, there you go. Why didn't you tell me this well, yesterday out of worn clothes? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> what you, yeah, this is, this is a shocker, folks, I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh, he gods. I barely made it through there. Speaking of bear. Uh, and we have a moment here to go to Mrs. Saga and get me out of trouble. There's Suzanne. Good morning, Suzanne. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Hello, Dennis. Nice Hi. to hear you again. Hey, Suzanne. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. We've actually been drying our mint outdoors at the moment. Have you? Yeah. So, do you hang it up? the previous caller. Yeah. Do you hang it upside down? Yep. Wash yep. it, hang it upside down, and then we hang it up over the bathtub to finish it off. Good for you. Wow. But my question is, how do we convince rabbits and raccoons to stay out of the garden? <laughs> oh, boy. How do you convince them? Yeah. Um, well, we haven't had any luck convincing them with Critter Ritter and other things. You haven't, eh? No. Um, what, are, what are they after? What are they eating? They're after anything. Anything. They ate flocks, raspberry. Chopped off some rhubarb, the rubecchia, you name it, they take it. Yeah, well, just about all the repellents, as you know, uh, act on the scent of, mm-hmm. of, of smell, whether it's human hair or mothballs or any, anything you want to try. As soon as we get rain, that washes it away. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that new product they've got out? Um, so you know what sensor lights do, right, when you come into someone's garden. Yeah. Te- but they have now one with a sprinkler on that sets off the sprinkler. Oh, okay. And and I've heard some good reports about that. So, oh, okay. so the animal comes in, it sets off the light, but it sets off a, a sprinkler jet, mm-hmm. and that scares the, the yeah. animal. Oh, yeah. Well, we've been chasing them with the hose. So as, soon as we see the rabbit, we go out and spray, or there's always a bucket of water standing around. <laughs> Could could you send a video in? So we... <laughs> this thing hops around. Right now it's bad because everything is obviously lush. Yeah. And so as soon as the fall comes, it's much easier. We chase them around the yard. Yeah. Jeez, that sounds like a perfect idea for a vision TV. Uh, it does. We'll show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbits on the run. Rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> 
Whatever. Anything for the raccoon? <laughs> oh, you're marvelous. That's a wonderful story. <laughs> Anything for the raccoon? The raccoon, same, same thing. Same I thing. actually did. You mentioned Critter Ritter, but I, I don't use brand names very much. But uh, I did have luck with that last oh, year. Okay. They were getting up uh, on our roof, actually, and I so sent... We got the problem in the uh, raspberry, uh, sorry, oh, in the grape. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. that, this time of year they'll do it, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I I got a rope and sent my wife out on the on the on the roof. With some <laughs> <laughs> what a nice guy! <laughs> she... <laughs> and it, it, yeah. it did it did work. Other people use uh, they soak um, um, rags in uh, bleach. And they hang rags out amongst their grape uh, grapevines, okay. and I've heard some good, good reports about that. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, thank you so That's much, good. Suzanne. Okay, Have a good day. <laughs> you yeah. bet. You've given us a little bit of a smile here on a Saturday morning. I'm going to take a little bit of a break here, but I want to emphasize that we do have a couple of lines open right now. If you're in the Toronto area and like to talk to Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, give a call to this number four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And remember to uh, tell Sebastian if you are indeed a first-time caller. That's, in fact, where we're going to go next after a few words. Going to be talking to Sarah uh, here in Toronto. And i got to get my bell-ringing arm in shape one more time, Dennis, back after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, as I promised before the little commercial break there. Sarah in Toronto waiting by. First time hey. caller, there you go. Hi, Hello. Sarah. Hello. Yep, go ahead. Hi, um... Next year I'm retiring and I'm going to, I bought a property, a quarter acre of land, and I want to garden it. It hasn't been gardened in years, so people who lived in it before for 50 years never gardened. So the land is sort of clear. Mm-hmm. What I was really hepped up on the double dig process yes. to start a garden. Yep. But now I'm hearing more and more of just this laying on of putting uh, uh, compost and leaves and mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. I know, obviously, the uh, laying on is the easiest route. Yeah. What is is there any any benefits to either or, or uh, of these processes? And what it boils down to is is what you want to grow there. Um, it's mostly veggies. Mostly veggies. I'm not, I'm not I'm not into flowers. Yeah, and most uh, and and root vegetables versus like salad crops or. Uh, it would be like about fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Okay, so. Um, I tend to find that the double digging and putting the fertilizer, putting the manure down 18, 24 inches is essential if you're growing uh, root, root crops because they're going to find those roots are going to find their way down. Whereas the layering effect is fine for most other vegetables. So you might want to do a little bit of both, to be honest yeah, with you. I, I could. I have this. It's a quarter acre. I have the room to do both. Yeah. The first thing I would consider doing, though, is getting the soil tested. 
uh, people just seem to neglect doing this. And and so, you know, you'll go out and you'll purchase a whole bunch of whatever manure or peat moss and be putting it on. You don't really know that the soil needs that. So the first thing I would do, where about, whereabouts is the property? Uh, the town of Simcoe. Sim- oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, the Garden of Ontario. Yes, it is. So you'll probably be able to find a soil lab down there. Yeah, there's a, there's the, the uh, government... Uh, uh, research farms there. Perfect. I'm sure they can give me Perfect. So what they're going to give you is a little soil test kit package, mm-hmm. um, and take a dozen uh, soil samples around the property. Send it off to them. They'll give you a pretty detailed description of what the soil is and and what you need to do to condition it. And that's a great way to start. Okay, I can actually I can do that this weekend. Excellent. Hey, good for okay. you. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank and, you uh, very much. Yep. Bye-bye. Delight, delighted to have you here on the show, the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. And, uh, golly, we have another first-time caller on hand here. How about this? Gail from Richmond Hill. That's for you. There are your garden wings. And welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is about hibiscus. Mm. I have two hibiscus plants in my garden. I don't know the species, and I don't know the brand name or anything. I just know that they're over five feet because I'm five foot five and they're taller than me. <laughs> Absolutely loaded with blooms, but they're in the wrong place. Oh, They've no. been there for three or four years. So they're right down the middle of the garden and you can't see anything behind them. Nah. So when can I transplant them to a different place? Should I wait for the leaves to fall off? Because I do cut them back in the fall. Yeah, good. Glad to hear that. Um, so yes, they should be as dormant as as possible um so when it's finished blooming they're starting to lose a few leaves that's the ideal time um couple of tips one is uh you should be mm, they're five feet high so you should be coming out from the trunk about 15 to 18 inches if you can and and that's the diameter of the of the hole that you're going to dig the root ball get as sharp a spade as you can um, because that'll do two things: it'll it'll stop the soil crumbling, and and it'll it'll set it'll cut the roots as you, as you're going around that circle. Okay. And so what you what you want to end up with is a root ball that's about 15 to 18 inches wide and 15 to 18 inches deep. Okay. Um, so that's the kind of uh, root ball that you you need to successfully move that hibiscus. And the other thing is, if it's five feet tall, you should be cutting it down to three feet. Um, and and that's going to allow um, a much higher success rate in the spring of, of when those new leaves come out. So do those two and get a transplant fertilizer, transplant uh, which fertilizer. mix that up with water, uh, water it in, and that's going to help it set down new roots in the springtime. Um, and... And now that Frank uh, rang that little bell, um, that makes you um, your uh, chances of that hibiscus uh, surviving way higher because <laughs> you've got gardening wings now. As there, you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. All right. See thank ya. you. And the same to you and to all the listeners. Of course, uh, there's a long holiday weekend. Enjoy, enjoy. We have to take one more little bit of a break here, but we will come back uh, and uh, talk to several folks who are waiting online. So momentarily... Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario returns to answer your question. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie's not here. I am Frank Proctor, but uh, we're delighted to once again have Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario behind that microphone. Thanks, Frank. And uh, here is Sandra from Milton. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you again, Frank. And hello. Hi. Hi, Dennis. Hi there. Uh, My question is on amaryllis, which I have grown over several, several years and put outside in the spring and let the leaves die off, and they have died off, and yeah. then they remain dormant. Good for you. This year, <laughs> they have sprouted again, and I have leaves on them about almost a foot long. Oh, wow. And I don't know whether to let them run their course or cut these leaves back before I bring it in and put it in the dark. Ooh, there's a, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Well, I think I would be tempted to cut them off. Yeah. Okay. I, I, how many do you have? Two in separate pots. And they've both done the same thing? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well. So let's, Frank, what about a living experiment on Zuma Radio? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> what about if we try one and we cut them off and we leave the other one on and we get Sandra to... Give us some updates uh, on on the Amaryllis Zuma experiment. Okay, that would be a real. That, that would cool. we, yeah. we've kind of got you know live radio why, happening. Why would th- they sprout these leaves? Like, I've it's, never had that happen no. before. They've remained dormant in yeah. their pot outside. Yep. Is it because we had so much rain? Yes, <laughs> you hit you you hit the ticket. Yeah, things have uh, sprouted this year um, quite unusually, be, and that's all because of the cool. It's it kind of fools the plant. That's what that's what happens. They they really don't know um, what's going, what's on. going yeah. on. Like you know, and and so it's very yeah very interesting. And you didn't change the fertilizer on them. I didn't. No. No. no, no okay. No, no, I didn't do anything to them once they had finished. You know. Uh, yeah. Come spring, you know, I just put them outside like I always yeah. do in the pot. I don't bury the pot. No. I just uh, no. hide it amongst. Yeah, I think if it was me, I'd cut cut the leaves off simply because you know what's going to happen when you when you put a you know, the leaf in the dark in, inside. It's just it's just going to wither anyway, isn't it? Because it's, it's not going to get any light. No. Um, but it would be interesting if you left one on and then when it withered uh, naturally, um, it's kind of like us we're withering naturally. Is 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 is, 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 is sort Quit of looking at my face when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just then, uh, you know, yank yank it off as 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 it's died down by itself. So, rather than cover it like normally, I would cover. Um, yeah. Uh, with another upside down pot. Yep. You know, to keep it definitely dark in the basement. Yes. You know, and turn on a light, and there's light. You know. Yeah. So, and just have a peek at it, and and when that leaf has 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 turned brown, and then tug it off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I I would do. Thank you very much, Sandra. Have a nice day. All right, delighted to have you on the show today. And uh, we have a couple more callers we're going to squeeze in here. Lorna in Wasaga Beach. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, My question is that I have four rows of Sharons, and they're about five years old, but they're not ones that I bought at a nursery. They're ones that came from seed from a mother plant, Mm. and they are about three or four feet tall, but they're not bushing out into shrub shape. They're more like trees, you know, just upright. Upright, and yeah. I was wondering, can I prune them or something to make them? Go yeah, on? you can. Have they have they flowered? Uh, yeah, they've. They're just the last year and this year is the first that they've had any flowers, and mm. they haven't had a lot of flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there one particular uh, center branch that's that's sort of 
taking yeah. yeah that's called a leader and that's why you're getting that upright growth so by cutting out that leader by you know cutting that down that's going to encourage side branching to happen so, um, uh- when do, when do I do that? Yeah, I, I do it when it finishes flowering this, this, this time of year. This fall. And how much, by how much do I cut uh, it back? About a third. Um, so if it's three third. feet high, cut it down to two feet. Um, and what that will do is encourage side branching um, early, in the, early in the spring. Yeah, and the other thing is, are they very hardy? Because right now where they are, they're in a sheltered location among some evergreens. And I was thinking of moving them to a more open space. Hmm. Where, whereabouts are you? Uh, Wasega Beach. Wase- oh, Wasega Beach. <laughs> um, I wouldn't move them all. Um, they are getting that protection from the evergreens. You know, they're, you're sort of on the edge there. You're living on the edge in Wasaga Beach as regards zones. Um, so if you want to move, if you want to try, I'd move one of them um, yeah. and see how that how it how it fares. Uh, but um, yeah, my mine are nestled in amongst evergreens too. I'm I'm not as far north as Wasaga, but um, yeah. Do they still get enough sunlight? You think then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If if they flowered already, that's an indication they're getting enough sunlight. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Very yeah, much. thank well, you. Thank you, Lorna. And uh, that indeed uh, leads us, I think, to our final call this morning, uh, Verna from Empire Corners. I got to admit that when I saw that in the monitor, Empire Corners. I know I've I've talked to somebody from Empire Corners. Where the heck is that? So, good old Sebastian, check for me. It's somewhere between Hamilton and Cayuga. That right, Verna? That's right. Oh, and yeah. I have called before, so you have heard Empire Corners. <laughs> That's right. What's on your mind? today? Uh, um, Gladiolas are, not gladiolas, our irises are all, the leaves are all turning brown and they seem to be dying. Mm. Uh, I don't know what, whether we should replant them in other areas or? Yeah, you should. My suspicion is you've got something called iris borer. So when you lift them up, you'll uh, see these little bore holes as if someone took a drill um, and actually drilled um, holes into the into the iris. Um, So it's an iris borer. Um, So yes, by by digging them up, cleaning them up, picking off any dead pieces, repotting them, and replanting them would be a, a fabulous idea to get give them a fresh start. Okay. All right, and uh, will I do that now or in the spring? I, 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 I would do that now. Okay. Oh, yes. Verna, okay. we're, we're fresh out of time, my love. Thank you very much for joining us from Empire Corners, by golly. And oh, one little note that, uh, I, that I'd like to pass along about Landscape Ontario, Dennis, is the fact that they are a not-for-profit organization, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. We, yeah, we're a volunteer organization, um, 2,000 member companies across the province, mm. and our mission is just to make people happy through horticulture. Well, there you go. Can't do better than that. No. It's always a pleasure. Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Landscape Ontario as he sits in for Charlie Dobbin and uh, by golly we got to scoot out of here the guys from Dave's Corner Garage. Oh. I can hear the engines revving up now. <laughs> My friends you have a wonderful weekend and I invite you to join me back on the air here at one o'clock for uh, Live in the City. Okay have a great day. Stay tuned for the news which is coming up next. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio. The new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.